Swing and a drive! Welcome to Red, White, and Blue Jays, the podcast home of Blue Jays Fans UK, a group connecting Blue Jays fans around the UK and beyond and telling their stories. And now, here's the host of Red, White, and Blue Jays, Steve Hunter. Hey everyone, good evening. Welcome to another edition of Red, White, and Blue Jays Live. And Elizabeth has just finished sending her work email and is now totally f- focused on that. I'm, I'm not finished. Not fi- oh, not finished. Uh, you, you, you carry on. We'll go around the screen and just say hi to everybody else. Uh, great to see you all. Daniel, how are you doing? How's your week been since we saw you last? It's a, a very pleasantly relaxed week. It's been the first week of the Easter holiday, so I've been able to stay up, watch some of the, well, not all of the games, but half of some of the games. With yeah. the, uh, just after midnight starts, which has been great, and uh, lots of swimming and parks with my daughter and things like that. It's been lots of fun. Very good. It's been reasonable weather, hasn't it, here in terms of a few sunny days and stuff? Uh, nice I am sunburned. I keep forgetting <laughs> with no hair. This is a it's a dangerous thing. Yeah, I actually did message deny earlier today to you all um, and said uh, it's going to be a bit spicy tonight with some of the stuff we're going to talk about, and you can let your hair down. And I think Mark, who's not with us tonight because he's on actually here in the UK, but uh, not able to be with us, talked about, well, he hadn't got any hair anyway, so it didn't matter. So. <laughs> I know the feeling, yeah. 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 Very dusty. Very dusty. Uh, <laughs> see, I, I, I'm holding on to it, just about. I'm holding on to it. Anyhow, Dave, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good, thanks. I'm doing good. I managed to watch some baseball as well, and life's good. Good. Excellent. Good to have you. Elizabeth, uh, how's life in Toronto? It's snowing right now. It's almost a bit of a blizzard and they're talking about like the commute home for people might not be so good today. So the Blue Jays might be glad that they're on the road and not having to deal with what's going on out there right now. I mean, that's quite light, isn't it, in the year? Uh, I just think when we came out, there was a bit of snow around, but blizzard conditions, that's, that's pretty bad, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we've been known to get snow into May before and people kind of forget that sometimes. So people start getting really angry around this time of year when we get snow. But I'm like, come on, guys, it's Canada. This happens every time. (laughs) Absolutely. It's supposed to be 24 degrees by Sunday, so we'll be over it. Yeah, we we happened to be in Cleveland in 2016 on opening day as we were traveling back from Chicago to, to Toronto. And... It was like minus, I don't know, about minus five or something. And, you know, we weren't going to the ball game, but everybody obviously was around the ballpark and stuff. I thought, how can they play in this? And literally got everybody in and then decided, mm, too cold. Everybody go home. They, and they, they called the game off. Uh, to, there we go. And a very, very, very warm welcome again, north of the border to Hannah. Hannah, great to have you with us. Hey, you... thanks for having me. That's all right. How's life up in your part of the world? Good, busy, but it's good, so can't complain. Excellent. Well, it's great for you to to be with us tonight, and we love people dipping in, and uh, if you've listened to any of the pods we've done, Hannah was about episode, can you remember the number? I can't, it was about seven, I think-ish, somewhere around there. Something like that. Yeah, so it was great, yeah. great to have you on then, and uh, really looking forward to your contributions with us tonight uh hey to ricardo who's just joining us on youtube uh great to see you my friend uh he was also on the pod a little while as well so great to have lots of friends with us 
Okay, so we've got a few things that we've got sort of lined up for this evening. Um, love to just have a look at um, the offense. We didn't really talk about that a great deal last week, and it's been a bit of an up and down week. Obviously, there was a, a major highlight on one of the games. Uh, we're going to have a little chat about Zach and and Elizabeth's love for, for Zach and all things in his world. So uh, she's going to uh, she's going to passionately talk about him, if I can say it that way. Uh, we're going to talk about injuries, uh, of course, the umps and what's happened, uh, particularly a couple of nights ago. We'll touch on the starting pitchers, the bullpen, uh, Romana. If we get through all of this, we've only got an hour together. We'll see. We'll see how we go. But um, Dave, you wanted to say something, obviously, about Bucks news. Do you want to just uh, give us your thoughts on, uh, obviously, the news that came out yesterday? Yeah, so obviously it came out just before the game. Um, that he's going for treatment for cancer um, and that would be his last game for a wee while. Um, yeah, it's that, like sad news, but he, he's managed to send it out as a positive message, which I think is amazing. I find it quite inspiring. For me, he's he's just been the voice of the Blue Jays. I know he's not everyone's favourite. I don't think anyone dislikes him, but I don't think he's everyone's favourite. But for me, he is the voice. That's the sound I love listening to, you know. Yeah, it's it's also the sound that annoys my wife when I have it on, and she's trying to listen to something else. But <laughs> but yeah, we we just wish him all the best and hope yeah. to hear him again soon. Yeah, he's clearly a major part of the broadcast team, isn't he? And and as you say, he's been oh, in and around the Jays, you know, both in terms of you know managing and and obviously now with the media guys. Um, Elizabeth, do you know him at all? Have you met him in your world at all? Um, I met him briefly one time. I worked on a project with him. He would likely not remember. He meets so many people. Oh, and quite frankly, I don't have a huge recollection of sure. that time either. It was it was such a brief blip in the timeline. But he was super friendly, super nice, very gracious, and. I, of course, wish him uh, all the best, a speedy recovery, and hopefully he mm. can get back mm. to the get up, ball, get up. <laughs> it's a very good impression. Very, very soon. Yeah, absolutely. We we do wish him wish him well. And obviously with the news of Jamie Campbell as well, going through his own treatment, uh, I thought it was uh, very poignant as they he and Joe shared about it yesterday. Um, so, yeah, we wish both, both those guys uh, all the best and good health and all that sort of stuff and look forward to hearing Buck perhaps towards the end of this season. Okay, guys, let's uh, just reflect uh, if we can in terms of the last, uh, so since uh, we last met, um, obviously we had the opening series against Texas. We've had the Yankees uh, come through and uh, obviously A's, J's are six and four as it stands. Hannah, just, Give us your sort of thoughts on the first ten games of the Jays. Are they where you thought they would be at this point? Are you are you semi optimistic? Bit disappointed? Where where would you land? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it. You know, a split with the Yankees and a series win with the Oakland A's and the the Rangers is probably pretty good. We've still got a few things to sort out. There was probably a couple of games I thought we could have won, you know, but we're top of the league, you know, top of the division. You can't ask for any more right now. It's only 10 games. We've got another tough, what, 20 days after this. So we'll see what happens after that. Yeah. Yeah. Daniel, what's your thoughts? 
Yeah, I think you've you know you've got to be pleased, haven't you? At the end, Andrew, we we haven't lost a series. The games we've lost have been pretty close. I know one of the games we have the bases loaded twice against the Yankees and not managed in one of the one the games we lost to not manage to turn it around. So no one's massively outplayed us in any areas. Vladdy's on track for 80 home runs in the season, right? We can I know we predicted 50 and we were optimistic then. Danny Jansen, I know he's injured, but he's batting nearly 600. So there's all sorts of positives <laughs> at the moment. So I, you know, you've got to be pleased. It's it's early days, but there's some really encouraging signs, and as Hannah said, some things to work on as well. Yeah, uh, Dave, how have you found the the first? I mean, for me, I I think you know we've probably had the easier series in terms of what's coming up down the road. Um, so obviously with Texas and Oakland through, are you happy with where they've landed? Yeah, I'm quite happy so far. I, I, I don't feel we've played our best, and we're six and four. So yeah, you take that. And you, if you're if you're winning mm. when you're not at your best, then that's great. You know the, the starting pitching hasn't been as good as we hoped it would be, but obviously as we we're saying last week, still quite early. They didn't have a long spring. Um. So yeah, I, I think we're doing. I think we're doing well. I take that. Yeah, Elizabeth, what's the uh, mood on your side of the uh, pond, as it were? Oh, it's pretty good. I think everybody's pretty happy with how we've done. We've been close in the games that we haven't won. I think there's a little bit of concern over a few of the injuries that are creeping up early on. You know, we're only 10 games into the season and we've got three sort of key-ish guys on the IL already. So hopefully Hernandez especially um, mm. is back quickly because I don't need to see Tapia at the top of the batting order too many more times, uh, you know? Uh. <laughs> is, I, I appreciate his speed. It has been nice to see him score on some plays where other players may not have, but yeah. he's not our ideal leadoff batter. No, he's a bit mixed bag with Tapia. Uh, I just... See whether I could got his batting stats up. Oh no, I'm looking pitching. That won't help. Um, yeah, I, I think he he is what he is. I just see Michael has put into the chat about Tapia, about him batting fifth on our batting orders. Uh, I'm not sure I would personally put him at fifth. Uh, I think, as you say, he's got the speed. He he's that's what he's there for. And I th- I don't think you know he's never going to be a big home run hitter, but. Is, is that percentage of getting those ground balls out, finding the gaps in the outfield, getting on base and, uh, you know, d- d- doing doing his thing. But, yeah, I'm not sure. what Anybody else think about him at fifth? Daniel, any thoughts on that? No, he's, I put him lower down or, or have him come in and pinch run. Um, I thought it was it was a slightly strange decision to rest Springer so early in the season. I know it was it was 10 games without a break. And so on, and maybe the Hernandez injury just made Charlie a little bit more cautious about people who have historically been injured before. But that was a that was a surprise to me, and I, I wouldn't bat him as high as five. No. Well, as we're talking about injuries, probably let's let's dive into that at this point then. So, key, I think this time last week, as we were chatting, I think it was that evening game when Danny Jansen was first put on the IL. Then, uh, obviously. Hernandez uh, through uh, Reeves, a slightly different story. Uh, these oblique injuries seem to be very pesky. Um, Elizabeth, what, what, why do you think we're seeing so many injuries to, to key players this early? Do you think, do you think the shortened spring training is it? Is, is that too easy an answer? 
mean, it might be an easy answer, but it may well be the right answer too. I don't really know. I'm with Ryu. I almost hope that he is actually injured and that's why he didn't pitch well. Like as bad as yeah, as bad as I'm, I'm totally with you. I never I'm... want anyone to be hurt. Exactly. But like, then we don't have to worry about the fact that he hasn't been pitching great. So it's like, maybe he just needs some time on the IL, get himself right. Then he can come back and actually pitch well. So if that's what it is, then fine. But um, oblique injuries can take a while. So I'm not sure what the timeline is going to be like for Danny Jansen and Mm. Teoscar Hernandez to come back. But, and I know we'll keep talking injuries. I don't want to pivot to this, but we can deal with the Danny Jansen injury if Zach Collins is going to keep it being <laughs> there being MVP. You got that in <laughs> early, didn't you? <laughs> Been waiting for that moment. We'll get to that later. We'll get to Zach in a moment. Yes, and yeah. how you and how you spell his name importantly because we keep spelling it differently. But we'll get we'll get to that. Uh, Hannah, what, what do you, what's your take on the injuries so far? I mean, yeah, I don't think anyone wanted Danny or oh, sure. to get injured. <laughs> I mean, especially so early in the season, especially because they're such key players and they're such a core of the group. I've heard Teo might be back before Danny, so we'll see. But I think it's one of those things that I want them to get better really quickly. You know, we have Tapia, we have Collins. Are they going to be okay for an extended period? We'll see. But I also want them, the guys to come back. And if they're going to be healthy, I don't want them to come back for three games and then do it again. And it's even worse. Yeah. So I'm kind of, I'm happy with like Collins and Tapia right now. Again, I don't think Tapia should be leading off. I want him just before Espinal. So Espinal can get that nice double and Tapia can get the run in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we'll see. I don't seem that concerned right now. It's, it's only 10 games. So hopefully they can bounce back. Yeah, no, very good. Dave, when when Danny went off, it was it's funny because before the start of the season, we're all sort of, are they going to take three catches? What's that going to look like? Uh, it'll be fine. Yeah, we got Danny, we got uh, Kirk and a another in the background. Uh, suddenly, with Jansen going out so soon, it seemed to turn on the sixpence. English phrase. Um. What what was your take once you? I mean, how dis? I mean, because particularly because he started so well, hadn't he? I mean, yeah. two homers and just was looking so so good, defensively good, better at the plate than he had been last year. Yeah. What was your take? You know, I think if you'd said to us before the first game that someone was going to get injured and it was going to be Danny Jansen, we'd be like, right, okay, we'll deal with that. But yeah, as you say, the way the way he started the season, it was a painful one because he was he was playing so well, and it was a short spell. But you know, you got to make the most of form. If they're, if they're on form, then make the most of it. And it's a shame that's happened. And there's no, as much as we want him to come back, there's no guarantee he's going to come back and be timing things up as well at the plate. Um, mm. We still expect him to be catching a good game, and that's his strength, you know. But um, hopefully, he can come back soon and come back and still still be it have yeah. his timing up yeah yeah i think we need we definitely need him back um i think as much as i mean daniel what's your take on how well kirk sort of filled in well i was gonna say i, I suppose we noticed the absence more because danny jansen started so well but also because kirk's not really firing at the moment yeah um and i think you know we talked about him being our dh 
yeah. um, for opening season and opening game of the season and, and playing quite a lot. And I think he's he's going to play, what, three out of five, have they said, um, that he'll be playing now. But I would have expected his productivity to be up um, because that's his selling point, isn't it? That's why you put him in the team ahead of Danny Jansen if they were both fit. So, again, early days, but I think mm. we're feeling the loss more because... Actually, we're missing Danny Jansen's runs. There you mm. go. How often do you thought you'd ever have said that? But we yeah. are. Uh, and there hasn't been a replacement for that just yet. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the love for Reese McGuire suddenly seemed to go back up through the, <laughs> through the roof as well. I mean, it's just uh, incredible, well, the wasn't White it? Sox love them, don't they? Do you, well, you, do. You... I saw that today, actually. Yeah, yeah he played really well. So, um, yeah, I, I mean... I don't know, Elizabeth, your, your view on losing Reese at this particular point, was that was that still the right move to do? Yeah, I think it was. I mean, I I did see something on Twitter about the Chicago White Sox saying, ah, Reese McGuire's a real deal behind the plate. Yeah. Good, good for them if they can get him going. I mean, for yeah. us, he was okay. He was more a source of Dollar Tree jokes than anything else with the Blue Jays. So maybe we could just move on for that for some guys it just takes a change of scenery for them to really get going so good on Reese if he does but I think that Kirk's not going to struggle forever he will get the bat going the pitchers seem to work well with him when he's behind the plate so um yeah I I think cutting ties with especially given that Reese McGuire was DFA last year and just no one picked him up when that happened so I, I think it was just a matter of time. I think the writing was on the wall again last year already that Reese McGuire was not long for the Blue Jays organization. Yeah. And Gabriel Moreno, could you perceive a position where if Kirk gets a few more bats on ball, that he becomes more of an attractive option in terms of moving him on in a trade later in the season and seeing Gabriel Moreno coming up behind? Would you Would you like that to happen? Are you trying to talk us into a J-Ram trade again? Because that's uh, well, not going to happen, Steve. It's just not. Come on. you got to be positive. <laughs> no, he signed his extension. It's a done deal. It's not yeah. But I'll joke aside. If, um, no, you joke if, away. If they des- That's what I'm here for is jokes. Of course, that's yeah. I'm- that's entertainment factor. It's very on-brand for me. Um if they decide that they want to package okay i'm sorry just a second i have to this is just ridiculous i have to turn uh, things in here uh, it doesn't no. transfer super yeah. well yeah i guess but like there's too much snow coming down out there That's, it's stupid yeah. i'm not i know i was saying before that like people in canada it's ridiculous so you get annoyed but, but it's not supposed to know this much anyway sidetrack <laughs> Um, that's going to be great that's why if anybody's watching and wondering why my head keeps going like this it's yeah. because I'm just amazed at snow, the amount of snow that's going on snow it's watching. ridiculous it's going to great, be um, great on the audio this they're, they're going to love it yeah exactly uh, but at least I'm saying it's snowing I'm not just saying like oh sure. my gosh look at what's happening out the window <laughs> could be the locusts for all they know yeah. um, if they feel like they need to trade Kirk away for a piece to plug a missing hole somewhere else. Hopefully by then, maybe we've had a chance to get Moreno some starts in the big league so we can kind of see what he looks like up here before that actually happens. I think that would be the ideal scenario, but, Mm. and I know like a lot of people are big Kirk fans because he's just fun. Yeah. But sometimes you have to say goodbye to those hard pieces to get something better. Yeah. And 
I think it's going to happen. To be honest, I honestly do. Uh, just I've, I've got it in my water. It's going to. That's going to. That trade's going to happen later. Maybe not. Maybe not for J Ram, but I, I really believe that you know Kirk is is a tradable piece that will make space for Mourinho to come through. But let's hope uh, Danny Danny comes back soon. Obviously, the Tiosca one. Uh, again, that was a sort of innocuous moment in the game. Um, I think it was right at the end of Garrett Cole's. I think he was just literally taken off on that that pitch because he, he obviously drove the run in and then couldn't run anywhere. Um, Daniel, what's the loss of Tiosca to this team? Oh, huge! Because all of a sudden you're looking at Matt Chapman coming up to to five. I think he he was in a couple of games and mm. and the depth of the the batting lineup, which is still pretty strong. You know, we shouldn't be too down on it. Um, but it, it, I think you do notice the number of home runs. Um, that he's hit before, you know, Silver Slugger Award and so on. It's interesting with injuries that if it was, um, say, if it was in soccer, just for American listeners, the, the, the injured players wouldn't be anywhere near the squad, would they? You wouldn't, they'd be off and out and you wouldn't see them. But actually, in terms of morale and in terms of that core group still being together, Danny Jansen, Teosco, they're still in the dugout, aren't they? They're still, I think Teosco was like handing out balls, wasn't he? To yeah, yeah yesterday, I think, yeah. So they're still involved and they're still engaged. And that must make it easier when they come back in after their injuries as mm. well. So, from a morale point of view, I think it's great that they're still there mm. every night um, and part of it. But I think you miss him hugely because then, you know, you're looking at the outfield as well. And if you did want to rest Springer as you did, then suddenly your outfield's looking a lot weaker in terms of the batting and the productivity it can bring as well. I think it's huge. But um, especially with that, with, with Bo not firing yet and a few others not quite on their game. Mm. But uh, he'll, be, he'll be back and he'll be great. He'll slot straight back in. Yeah, yeah. So let's uh, just look at the offense then, which uh, we said we we're going to have a, uh, a little dip into. Dave, what's your feeling in terms of the core of the batting lineup? How do you feel they're doing? We've had some, I think, some good moments and some not so great moments. Where would you be concerned for this this team as it's I think, I think overall the um, they've been decent. They've been really decent. But I don't, I don't think they're anywhere near what their potential. And I, I think even last year we saw them. You know, there seem to be blowout games all the time, and we've not really had that much of that. You know, they've been shut out a couple of times and stuff like that. Um, but baseballs like that, you're going to get peaks and troughs through every season. Yeah. Um, but I think generally they're still they're still scoring. There's still loads of power in that team. There's still loads and loads of potential still to come as well. Um, yeah, I mean, they've had some good games, but I think overall, I think they've still got a lot more to show than they're showing right now. Yeah. Hannah, what was your take of Vladdy's impressive uh, three-homer game? Uh, was it three nights ago now? Four nights ago? Are there any words for what that guy <laughs> can't, you know, can do or can't do? It, yeah. It's insane. It's I think that's just Vladdy slowly warming up. I think we've got a lot more from Vladdy. Um, I don't think the games in Oakland really helped him. And I think that's down to the umpires, which I know we'll talk about later. It is interesting with Teo out that they've kept the top three the same because I've heard, do you move Vladdy to second so he can get the triple crown? And Vladdy doesn't like that in at second. I think he's pretty good at third. Mm. I think if he likes third, don't mess with it right now. I don't know if Bo should be at second right now. I was quite concerned during the Yankees game and the Oakland game. 
because Bo just Bo defensive wise is great. He's really improved, but his offense wasn't there. And I think it was one of the Oakland games where he, I think it was a ground out he did, but he just like threw his bat in frustration at the the floor. I don't know if anyone else caught that. It was mm. like a as the camera was playing. Yesterday's game was a lot better for Bo. I think like Dave said, there's a few things that haven't clicked just yet. Vladdy's doing pretty well. Bo needs to get fired up a bit more. Espinal's doing amazing at finding those, you know, those holes in the outfield and just getting a double. It's slowly getting there, um, but you can't just rely on Vladdy. As much as we love Vladdy hitting those home runs, the others have got to start picking up the pieces because mm. we can't leave it all to Vladdy, as much as we love Vladdy. Yeah. Uh, just before we go off Vladdy, take on the, particularly the second home run, which I think everybody's sort of saying that shouldn't even been close to going out. He just had his hand stood on, uh, you know, <laughs> and he and he manages to get that inside pitch and pull it. Oh, he's just extraordinary, wasn't it? I think Garrett Cole tipping his hat is what everyone who's not a Blue Jays fan mm. did in that moment. Like you say, he got stood on. It was a really inside pitch that you would think in should he have swung at that. And it was a home run. Like, yeah. Vladdy is like another league. He's like another level. Um, so let's just protect him and maybe give him extensions and keep him for like the next 10 years if possible. <laughs> yeah, so with, with, with Bo Elizabeth, what's your thoughts on Bo? Are you concerned that he's not quite firing yet? Or is it just such early days that actually it's 162 games? Guys, just chill. He'll get there. Yeah, he'll get there for sure. Bo's always been a little streaky and he has kind of slumps. They're just a little more noticeable when you start the season off with a slump. Um, and with Bo, I think it's a little more magnified because his swings are so wild and crazy. Like he corkscrews himself into the ground. And when he swings and misses, it looks even worse. When he swings that hard and actually connects and gets a hit, yeah. it looks fantastic and magnificent. But when he does it and misses, it looks a hot mess. Mm. So right now, it just looks a hot mess, but he'll get the timing down. It's early. He'll come around. I I think he is getting frustrated because he knows he can do better. Sure. I think he just has to watch that that doesn't result in him trying even harder and swinging even harder at pitches that he has no business swinging at at all. Yeah, yeah. Daniel, with Lourdes moving up to the sort of cleanup spot, do you like the how he's doing? I was just looking at his uh, his batting figures, and he's he's doing well. Uh, he's fourth at the moment out of the out of the team. You happy with him yeah, and, in, in and that role? Sort of stepping up when we need him to as well, sure. isn't he? Because we're missing Teo, but he's um he seems quite hot at the moment. He seems like he's he's made a good start and could go on a streak and uh, yeah, and we need him to, which is great. I think on what Elizabeth said about Bo, I think George Springer's the same. How he doesn't put his back out. <laughs> when he swings and misses some of the time, when he ends up down on one knee and so on, you're looking and think, crikey, I mean, that'd be me done for the season. But he's, <laughs> so I think there's a couple of, of the hitters like that who, when they're not hitting and when they swing and miss, just doesn't look great. And that sort of sticks in the memory. But we know they'll they'll come good in the end. Yeah. But I'm really pleased for Laws. I, if, you know, if he can, they were saying yesterday, isn't he? Normally August, he would normally come good. But if he yeah. can do August and April and then keep it going, then yes. uh, he'll play a big part in success this year. Yeah. And I think, before the the season started, we were saying, you know, it's it's if not the best, but one of the best batting lineups. And I think, you know, we just got to trust in these guys. Uh, and I, I I know, you know, that there is the adage of it's very short in spring training, and 
you know, the, the cogs aren't quite moving yet, but uh, I think I think they will come good. Um, I think for me, the, the thing that I was slightly concerned about was obviously with a what would be perceived as a weakened side in Texas and, and Oakland. They haven't really dominated. Um, we'll talk about Romano at the end, but but all the saves, I mean, he's everyone he's coming for a save is the six games that the Jays have won. So they've been really close games. Uh, whereas I think last year we were seeing a bit more dominance and I just want to see that that momentum coming. And and maybe the answer, Elizabeth, is in Mr. Collins being in the lineup as the 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 diamond card that we had not seen in our hand that is gonna gonna get us moving. You you wanted to have a Zach Collins appreciation moment. Take it away. Yes. I just, I mean, for me, as much as it's wonderful to watch Vladdy hit three home runs in a game, and it's great seeing Springer hit leadoff home runs, that's what you pay these guys the big money to do. And they're the huge names that everybody knows. For me, a big part of baseball, and one of the things I love most about baseball is seeing those players that nobody expects come out and just do big things in big moments, like the game where Zach Collins had you know, three hits or something. And he hit yep. his first home run as a Blue Jay and yep. got the Gatorade shower after the game and everything. And I think when we made the trade that was Reese McGuire for Zach Collins, there were a lot of people that were going, oh. Zach who? Yeah. Who the heck is this guy? Yeah. It's not even like Rymel Tapia. Sure, he's a lesser known name, but a lot of people, like he's been in the league long enough and a lot of people had still at least heard of the guy. So. Sure. They they kind of went, oh, yeah, him. He's at least known, but Zach Collins was kind of a wild card and like a who and oh, we're trading Reese McGuire for, a Reese, for another Reese McGuire only with options now. All right, so he's going to be up and down and not do anything. And that's just part of what I love about baseball is seeing yeah. those guys that are kind of the journeymen that just stick with it and just when they have their moments and they really get to shine it's just it's almost more special so, than seeing the guys that you expect to shine yeah shine yeah would it be fair to say that what he's done thus far has been way above where we perhaps would have expected him to be performing I was, i'm just looking at his uh batting average so he's hitting three 375 at the moment this season his average for last year was 204 what what would the minimum you'd want from him uh because i don't think to be fair to the guy he's done brilliantly but i don't think he would necessarily bring that to every game i'm not sure he could sustain that what what would your sort of minimum standard be for him what would you be looking for I think a 250 batting average would be good i mean catchers are always kind of they're never very good offensively anyway so if you get a 250 average out of them on the season that would be lovely i mean the fact that he hit a home run i was like hey yeah nice get the jacket out cool get her done (laughs) yeah that was good um in terms of his defensive work uh hannah how do you feel he's doing behind the plate what any concerns there? I I mean, not as bad as oh, what's the other guy? Heinemann. Heinemann. Yeah. Heineman? I mean that. That's yeah, he had a dodgy throw to first, first didn't yeah. he? Yeah. 
I mean, I don't think anyone expected Collins to be catching because we thought we'd have Danny, right? So this is kind of the opportunity for Zach to come up and be like, right, this is what I'm doing. Mm. You know, this is what I'm made of. I think he's been all right. I yep. mean, Kirk is main, our main catcher at the moment, so we're seeing Kirk. But, I mean, to come into an organization where you don't know the, the pitchers, the pitching staff, you don't know the codes, he's done pretty well so far. Sure. We'll see what the next couple of games yep. hold. Very good. And Dave, just last one on the offense before we move on. Uh, Matt Chapman has got a couple of homers now. Are you happy with how his bat is looking? Is about where we thought it would be? What's your yes. feeling on... Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yep. Great answer. Nice, <laughs> nice and in-depth. That's what we're looking for. <laughs> Anybody else on Chapman? Uh, any any thoughts, any concerns? All happy with how he's doing? I'm just glad the bottom of the the batting order is producing when the top doesn't. You know, Matt Chapman home run, Zach Collins home run. Mm. We're a contender. All good yeah, stuff. Also, it, they're making a difference as well. If, if if we were scoring 15 and Zach Collins was hitting a home run and getting some hits as well, it you know, it'd be nice. But the fact that he's contributing the runs that make the difference between a win or a loss. So if he doesn't quite get to, to 250... You've got to look at when he scored his runs and the the impact they had on the game, and, and he's off to a really good start with that. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, just and you the... could tell he just loved it. Like, he stood there and he took the Gatorade shower. Like, some of the players will kind of dodge out of the way, like we saw Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Yeah, he ran like the a... The interpreter just got <laughs> all of it. But Zach Collins just stood there, and he saw it coming, and he just went like this, and he was yeah. like, ah, bring it on. It just, it just shows that he's really enjoying mm that and i think it really helps with the team chemistry as sure. well yeah very good nice zach collins appreciation moment there elizabeth very good well done excellent and also uh just on the snow watch it's apparently snowing in niagara according to tim so uh buckle up down in niagara um interesting question that tim's also put in there just about uh josh palacios being dfa'd I was I was sad to see that happen. To be honest, uh, anybody else surprised by that move? Clearly not. No. <laughs> Stunned silence. Oh, I, I I, sorry. Go on. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. It was right in the middle. I'm not. I'm not surprised, but I'm not not surprised. You know, it was just. Yeah. It was one of these ones you're like, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not losing sleep over it. I mean, just put it in context. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, I was. I was disappointed to see him go because I, I, I quite liked him when he, when he was in. Um. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's move on then, because I do want to cover this because time's ra- rapidly moving on. Umps, and the uh, performance, particularly of two nights ago. Uh, who wants to get this one going? Daniel, give us a. Oh, Dave, Dave does. All right, go you, Dave. You just you go ahead, man. Right, count to ten, everyone. Count to ten before we start. Right. So yeah, Jeff Nelson the other night, horrendous game. We've all seen stuff. How many pitches? How many calls he's missed? Sixty per sixty eight percent was it? Straight calls. So Jeff Nelson, obviously, there's only so many umps. Has obviously been home plate umpire for Blue Jeans games in the past. Jeff Nelson was the home plate umpire for game six of the LCS in 2015. He was. 
Does anyone remember any dodgy calls in that game? Yeah, Mr. Rivera, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, about this far out the zone. Mm. Yeah, horrendous calls. So obviously, like, such a tough job. It really is such a tough job. And overall, umpires are mighty impressive. But I think the thing that frustrates fans is what happens. Do you know if a player's not performing, they get sent down. There are certain umpires don't perform week in, week out, and they come back the next week. And then they complain that they're not getting the World Series and things like this. Mm. Like, what's going on there? That's what we want to know. Okay. Hannah, what was your take on uh, on the situation? Uh, and it was it sort of trickled over a little bit into the following game, but obviously not, not quite to the same degree. But um, particularly with Jeff Nelson, what was your thoughts? To say I wasn't happy was an understatement. And like Dave said, umps have a really tricky job. And when you watch it on TV, you get the little box. So, you know, for us, it's a little bit easier. I think the issue is it was so inconsistent for both teams. So where you pitched, looked like a strike, got called a ball. That A's pitcher pitched, it was clearly, clearly a ball. It was like three some inches off the, the plate, got called a strike. My concern is, and I get that batters have to adjust to the strike zone, you know, for every home umpire. But Vladdy had a ball that was clearly on the inside called a strike. And then the next pitch was the exact same location. And it's like Vladdy now has to swing at a pitch that he wouldn't normally swing at mm. because otherwise it's called a strike. Or, you know, Guriel has worked on his plate discipline so much. And to get three balls and they're all strikes when you can clearly see they're three to six inches or whatever off the plate, it doesn't make sense. And when you look at the statistics between the pitches for Toronto and Oakland, there's such a disparity. No wonder people are calling for the robo-umps. And I'm not necessarily saying that's the way to go. It might be because umpires do bring a kind of humility to the game. But it, that's a, that was a tough game on Saturday to kind of go, why yeah. are you still in the job and why have we not got this automated? Yeah. Umps bring humility. I'm not sure about that one, but yeah. Well, I, I just... Humanity, that's it. Something oh. like that. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm angry at him, yeah. so I have no words for Jeff Nelson. <laughs> uh, Elizabeth, uh, robo-umps, is that is that something? I mean, I think it's going to happen, but what's your take on on, on what happened in that game? And how you can manage that situation. We'll, we'll talk about Charlie's first ever tossing of a game. Or oh, perhaps you can you cover that as well in terms of it's great to see a bit of passion from from the manager, you know, getting up and getting out of his seat, which was, was which was good. How how did how did you take that in terms of how did the team manage that situation and, and does it lead down the road to robo robo umps? I think Vladdy had not Vladdy. I think Charlie had to get ejected in that scenario to to make his point and to show his team that hey, I understand this is happening. I've got your backs. Yeah. And I'm going to fight for you guys. What really what really ticks me off about the umpires and it kind of goes to what Dave was saying is that there's no real accountability. Like this happens and sure everybody sees that umpire scorecard go out on Twitter afterwards, but you don't ever see the umpire have to answer for it at all. Like the umpire isn't made to sit there in front of the media and say, this is why I had such a bad day yesterday. 
when players have slumps that go on for too long, all of a sudden there's a press conference to find out why they're not hitting. The umpires have a bad game. And instead of having to answer for it, they get to eject people who are questioning their calls. Like basically the umpires are treated like gods. Like you can't question anything they do without Mm. fear of getting kicked out of the game. Mm. You have to take what they say at face value all the time, constantly for fear of retribution. And there is absolutely no accountability for them whatsoever. Not even the day after, like apparently we're told that the umpires are given this scorecard so they can see how they did and everything. Mm. So apparently Jeff Nelson knows he was crap that day, but he didn't have to stand in front of anybody and say, Oh, Hey, you know what guys, I really, I realized I really struggled that day and I'm sorry, I'm going to try and do better. Maybe this was going on that day. Who knows? I have bad cataracts. The sun was in my eyes. Who knows what was going on? Well, it wasn't the sun. It was not the sun because the roof is still closed at Rogers center, but maybe the lights are too bright. They've got not used to the new lighting system. They've got at Rogers center. Who knows what, and not that that would necessarily excuse anything but it would at least give us some sort of for for them to to Mm. come forward and say oh yeah i realized that i struggled that i made some mistakes here and have some accountability because all you see all you ever see in the game is instead them getting mad and kicking guys out when they're saying no you're not doing your job right especially when that's true because sometimes you see managers get kicked out for questioning calls and you're like yeah no he made the right call don't be a jerk about it and it's fine so that then yeah kick people out but when they're kicking people out for making calls that for arguing calls that we know are objectively wrong where it's like dude what are you doing or if there should be some sort of rule maybe that it's like you know what if we're halfway through the game and you've missed this percentage of calls already we're going to switch it up. Yeah, You're going out to second base and the second base guy is now going to be the home plate umpire. Mm. Something. I don't know. If maybe that's something we need to do to have some sort of in-game, some, I'm fired up about this. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm just, that's yeah, good. Like we need, we need to hear Daniel's thoughts on this whole situation. <laughs> but I just think the fact that like, there's no accountability, it makes me angry. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel, Bring into this scenario in terms of what we see in football here and the potential of a VAR type scenario, which of course is has massive, you know, you love it or hate it in terms of football. Do you do you think having a machine tell the umpire whether it's a ball or strike is the answer? Is that the way forward? No, I I, I see it with cricket more actually with um okay with the the ball tracking and things like that and calling wise and so on. I just, I don't want to take the humanity out of it, as as Hannah said. I think that's really important. I think it's really, I don't want to try and defend umpires necessarily, but I think it's really difficult when the, when everyone's looking on an iPad and can see the call and the players know. So it's not like the players are going back into the clubhouse after the game and saying, cool, seemed a bit off that game. They know straight away. You saw the players almost laughing at some of the decisions that were made. And I was surprised that it was Charlie who was ejected because it looked like from the footage that he was sitting back and saying to John Snyder, go on, tell him, tell him he's not doing a good job. You call it out, you shout it. And then he was ejected. I'd love to see the stats as well on um, whether an umpire's calling improved after they'd ejected a manager and whether being savaged by Charlie Montoya or anyone else 
actually makes you um, a more consistent umpire afterwards. I think it's more for show, isn't it? And it's more for like getting the crowd up and so on. But, you know, maybe if Charlie doesn't do that and stays on the bench, then he makes a, a decision about who comes into a game later that, that has an impact on the game in a, in a more positive way. I don't know. Yeah. So I don't think you want to go down the robo-umpire route just yet. I don't think you want to have appeals like... Um, if you know that a ball was definitely a ball and not a strike and it was called incorrectly, I think MLB are trying to shorten the length of games as it is, aren't they? You know, so if you were going to allow three appeals for a, a, an incorrectly called ball or strike, then that would take even longer. And you've already got going back to, to New York for some close decisions anyway. Mm. So I like Elizabeth's idea. If someone's obviously having a bad game, whether you have like a, a fourth um or a fifth umpire, whoever it would be, who just at the you know the changeover of innings just says actually we just need to swap you up here. Yep. It would be quite um, demoralising for an umpire, and I would ima- I don't know what the recruitment's like, but I don't you know. But <laughs> for, we're going to sign Elizabeth up. She's going to be <laughs> for referees here. There are very few people who want to referee, certainly at amateur and junior level, because of the yeah. abuse they get yeah. and so on. And you don't want to be putting umpires off no. from that point of view. Um, if a foot if a soccer referee has a bad game, then he gets demoted and he goes down and he'll referee in two or three divisions below the Premier League, for example, yep. for a couple of games as sort of penance. I don't know if that happens, but putting someone down to AAA or double A for a, a few series wouldn't be the worst thing to do. I don't know if that actually happens or not. Though. Did you sorry, just to jump in, going back to Elizabeth and Dave's point about accountability, I don't know if you guys saw on the, yesterday's game, someone actually printed out the um scorecard on like 12 pieces of paper. And we're not allowed to take it into the ballpark or the, the the field because it would hurt the umpire's feelings or something like that. So people can take in posters, you know, whatever, but they can't take in one to keep the umps accountable. Yeah. yeah. There's a massive issue there. Yeah, I mean, clearly, <laughs> as you said, I can't remember which one of you said it in terms of Jeff Nelson would have been given his performance, but he'd only have to look on Blue Jays' Twitter and the world and his dog would have told him his performance. Yeah. What I seem to remember from the game is that I think almost in that first at-bat, um, I can't remember whether it was Springer uh, on that occasion or not, but um, whoever it was, I think it was Springer, Charlie was already chirping at the umpire that you know clearly some of the, the calls were looking very dodgy. And so it was almost right right from the get-go, and he survived. I think it was up until it was the eighth inning that he finally got ejected. Yeah. And essentially, you know, the game is where it is. Uh, and, and, you know, it's, it's more, I think, as Elizabeth said, it's more about the defence of the team and standing up for your guys um, and, and doing that. And I, for me, you know, not seeing that from, from Charlie before, I thought was a good good sign. It just showed a little bit of passion because I think, you know, he's had a lot of criticism, doesn't he, in terms of, you know, being very quiet, very different personality to john gibbons and so actually to see him get so riled by it i I was pleased to to see that happen but yeah i think for me for the the robo um thing as i understand it what they would do is they would have the call into an earpiece so they'd still have an umpire behind the behind home plates it wouldn't be you know some robot literally standing there it would be a person and uh they would get the call straight away and then they would uh you know give the call so everybody in the in the crowd particularly would know what's been called uh, so i think it would be a very quick sharp thing assuming the technology works but it would take away all of this nonsense yeah. um because the thing I, think- I don't know about robo though is if 
it is one consistent strike zone for everybody or if the robo umps realize that hey jose altuve is up to bat now and he's five foot two and then next inning here comes aaron judge up to bat and you have to allow for kind of different strike zones for mm. different players like that and i don't know if that's mm. part of the technology or not that's a good shout need to go and find out i have no idea interesting on the sports net yeah, just do it now. Um, on the Sportsnet uh, box yesterday, it was jumping all over the place, but I think that's just their visual representation of, of, of what's going on. But uh, I don't know whether you guys picked that up. On every time it it went back to that camera angle, the box seemed to be shifting around a little bit. But uh, just so, what, what role does does your umpire have? If you've got Robo ump in, do they just if you, to be an umpire, you just have to be able to count to three and two? Yeah, you know, <laughs> effectively, because the computer's doing everything else for you. Yeah, I, I get the even position. do that. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, well, I suppose, yeah, I suppose it's like other sports, isn't it? Where they, I'm just trying to think what would be a good equivalent where they would make some decisions and others. So I think line calls in tennis, perhaps. I mean, yeah. Elizabeth, you're a big tennis fan. Uh, I think all the line calls would be electronically done now. I don't think line judges, do they have the final say or is it done by the electronics or... No, they might challenge them. Some electronics, so they they're given the signal in their earpiece, mm, mm. and Cricket. then they'll they'll show if they're if the player questions it at all. They'll actually show on a big screen, and they'll zoom right in yeah. and show like they have the shadow of the ball and where it hit. Yeah, according to the line. Yeah, and I guess there will be things like, uh, you know, player running in uh, to home plate slides catches moments all that sort of stuff that would still be done by the umpire wouldn't it uh, i think it's literally just the um the strike zone that they would uh, be done electronically i i mean i think it's coming it's coming every other major sport hasn't it in some shape or form uh, it's only inevitable that it's a matter of time i think that baseball is gonna catch up with the rest of the world and um, hopefully that would uh, as i say eliminate some of those issues Okay, let's uh, let's just have a little look at the starting pitcher lineup. So, if we just all rewind the clock before Ryu's injury, they announced that they were going to go to a six-man rotation with Ross Stripling taking that extra spot. Dave, what was your initial reaction to to that, particularly? particularly in light of the Ryu struggles, the Kikichu struggles that we had in that first wave through. Did you think that yeah. was a good idea? I'm, yeah, I'm not I'm not entirely sure the struggles necessarily had a lot to do with it, though. I think they've, we've seen that they've got a, a huge run of games in the first kind of 30 days or whatever. I think they were maybe just planned. I think they probably just planned that sort of thing anyway, just to give everyone a wee, a wee extra day here and there. But... Um, Obviously, with the injury, then it's kind of made it essential now, hasn't it? Um, yeah, but as I said before, like I'm not, I'm not overly worried about these struggles. They'll come good, and hopefully they'll come good in the next couple of weeks. But yeah, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure they'll come good. We've got a good rotation here, um, and Strickland, I'm sure, can come in and help us out. But when you get that, when you get that, like the sixth guy, if you like the extra, the extra person in the rotation, that's when you need your your offense to step up and kind of help them. Yeah, you know that needs to be a game that that they're scoring ten runs. Do you know that's where they need yeah. to do their job. Just takes the pressure off them, doesn't it? Yeah, ma- massively. Uh, Kikuchi, Hannah, what was your impressions of his first outing? 
I don't really have high expectations going into that game, if I'm honest. We'll... <laughs> oh, well, welcome to the club. I'm, I mean, Pete has done amazing things with our previous pitches. So, I mean, he did a, I had a couple of good innings to begin with, and then I think it just kind of all fell apart. Again, short and spring training, you never know. Mm. Um, I wanted a bit more fire from him. And yep. I think towards the end, he was kind of getting there. We'll see what happens against Boston. No. Boston? Yep. Yeah, Boston, Boston next. Yep. Um, that's going to be a tough one. I mean, it was one game. Need to get a few more under his belt, um, get used to our catches, get used to what they want. Again, like Dave said, I think that offense just needs to be there to help these guys out because mm. if Rayu and Kikuchi end up going four innings, maybe five, our bullpen is going to, mm. you know, tire out pretty quickly. Um, whereas, you know, Manoa... Barrios and Gosman can go five, six, maybe seven, takes the pressure off. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what he does tomorrow night. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely need these these guys to go longer, as you say, to keep the bullpen options uh, nice and open. Manoa, Elizabeth, I mean, he's just been fantastic, hasn't he? You know, pitched so well again yesterday. Two, two sterling innings. Are you, you really happy with how he's going? Oh yeah, he's just, he's been a stud. He continues to just dominate everything and it's a joy to watch him go out there, especially like when you've got, I will be interested to see, I'm not sure if he prefers to pitch every five days or if that was Robbie Ray. I know there was someone last year who was very vocal about, like I know Ryu's been vocal about preferring the extra days rest. Last year, we had someone who was very vocal about preferring to go every five days, but that might have been Robbie Ray. I think it was Robbie Ray. Yeah, I think you're right on Wait, that. So, so we fixed that problem because then what do you do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, other than like severely messing up the rotation constantly. Mm. But yeah, I, I think Manoa with an extra day's rest, especially because he seems to be such good friends with Ryu. And if he knows that, He's getting that extra day so that Ryu can have an extra day and Ryu wants that extra day, then, you know, maybe he'll be good with it because they're buddies and they're fantastic. But I think that if we can get Stripling to keep giving us outings like he did this past one, then we should be in pretty good shape because he pitched really well. And I would just like to say as a side note that um, not like I ever like to see anybody fail per se, and not that he's failing, but Robbie Ray's walks are up 10% and his um, strikeouts are way down and he is not doing so well in Seattle this season. So I guess he's really missing that Pete Walker magic. Yeah, yeah. Early days. I suppose that's what we'd say, isn't it? You know, 10 games yeah. in. Um, but uh, yeah, I, th- I think with, um, you, you mentioned earlier about Ryu and the injury and I think the performance obviously that he's given thus far because he to be fair to the guy he, he had moments where he looked actually quite good and that, that sounds very patronizing um from a from somebody who doesn't know how to pitch to a Cy Young winner um but what I mean is that he started strongly and then just had a a bad inning and it, it all sort of fell apart and, and the second game as well he had some really really good moments but his his the pace of the um his fastball in the second game was was down from the first, which obviously makes sense now that we know the injury. Are you still still? Is that that excuse of the injury? Is that enough 
to qualm any concerns that you might have otherwise for Ryu? I potentially, I mean, it'll depend how he pitches when he comes back from the injury. If he comes back from the injury and he's still pitching very questionably, then mm. I'll kind of be like, okay, what's going on here? But if he comes back and he kind of goes back to vintage Ryu, then I'll be like, all right, it was probably just the injury. I will say that in his second start, I think he was getting squeezed a bit, but like he was a victim of some poor umpire calls as well. And he was someone that you almost never see show any sort of emotion whatsoever on the um, on the mound when he's pitching. He's always very poker face, very, okay, get ball, throw ball, yep. go. But there was one call in particular where he was, he and the catcher both were sure that it was going to be called strike three and nothing. And it was a ball. And still, even like, he didn't show a ton of emotion. He didn't go all Marcus Stroman out there on the mound or anything. But <laughs> for Ryu, he threw, he, he showed some emotion. He got the ball back and you saw him kind of like glance in and give the umpire kind of like a, really? you're going to call that a ball. Yep. Okay. And like stare longingly into his glove. Yeah. <laughs> Waiting. And like turn around slowly and kind of take his time. Like you just saw a little something you could tell that he wasn't too happy about. And then I wonder if maybe that had something to do with it too. If that got in his head and he started trying to be a little too fine. Yeah. Dave, what's your uh, thoughts on Gosman? Are you pleased with how he's done? I was just looking, he obviously lost the game. Or they lost the game. Uh, he was pitching, but he actually pitched really well. Yeah, yeah, and no, he's going to be great for us. He's going to be great. Him and I think personally, him and Manoa, I think, are going to be the top two. Berrios, hopefully, a close, mm. or close up to them. Yeah, but yeah, I'm pleased with him. I'm pleased with the acquisition, and I was, mm. uh, yeah, it's easy to say now, but I was, I was actually pleased we got him instead of. Robbery. I don't think we would have had the two of them, but yeah, I would rather have had him. Go on then. To tell, give, so us your, give, us, give us your reasons. I, I just felt Robbie Ray had a career year, and when you have a career year, the next year tends not to be a career year. Yeah, like not necessarily bad, but maybe not as good. And I felt I just felt Gosman had more chance of having having a year close to that again. Mm. You know, and I'm going to say the same with Simeon as well. Not that we've really got, I mean, we've got Matt Chapman in, I guess, to replace him, but do you know that not in the same position? Yeah. But yeah, I felt that he had a career year and the money that that was going to require to buy him because of that, it probably maybe wasn't going to be worth it. Yeah. We'll see. Time will tell, but yeah. yeah, yeah. Very good. And just uh, as we're talking about pitching, Daniel, just give us your thoughts on. Mr. Romano and how well he's just—he's uh, just blowing them away, isn't he? Well, you just know, don't you? When he comes out, it's just like, okay, I'm relaxed. You know, everything is is in hand. It's great. I think, to be fair, I think the whole bullpen have done a really good job. <laughs> Elizabeth is not you... relaxed. No, uh... <laughs> I'm not relaxed at all because I'm like, how long can this streak really last? He's not phased by. He doesn't feel the pressure. He doesn't show it does he no um not at all. but i was i mean the bullpen of what well, they've done 43 innings um and they've only allowed 31 hits 15 runs and if you look at ryu and gosman together they've had 18 innings pitched and they've had 25 hits and 16 <laughs> runs so yeah the bullpen have done an incredible job and and romano was sort of 
come in and just finished it off. And he's had different catches when he's come in as well. And that doesn't seem to phase him or worry him. Mm. Um, when people have hit him, whenever they've been able to lay a bat on him, it's been a weak hit. It's just been popped up. It doesn't look like, you know, he's going to give up anything. It would be nice if um, if he didn't have to come in as often for the wins. And I know the offence has been mentioned a few times. Mm. I mean, Gosman pitched really well, but no one scored a run while he was pitching for us. And it was the same for Kaguchi as well, to be fair to him. You know, let's see what he's like when when he's got a lead to play with and people are yeah. chasing him a little bit more. So the offence can help out. But I just, I relax when Romano comes on. I think <laughs> that, that's, we're all right. Can I jump in the back of that? Of course. I saw, of course. I saw a tweet today from Caitlin McGrath. Mm-hmm. who I think works or writes for The Athletic, saying yep. that uh, Montoyo met with Romano's parents and his dad was saying that he gets so nervous watching him pitch and Montoyo replied, I don't, I feel good with him. I was like, that's class, that's yeah. brilliant. Yeah, because yeah, local lad, isn't he? Just up in Markham. So, yep. yeah, I mean, he's he's just been stellar. And as I say, I think, as you said, Daniel, I think to get some situations where we don't have to keep relying on him, mm-hmm. Uh, but when he's when he's coming in, uh, it's not in the bag because it's never in the bag. But it's it's a long way towards that. And I think his new walk off, uh, it's not walk off, walk in theme, lights, all that sort of stuff. That's just added to the momentum of 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 the moment. Uh, Elizabeth, what's what's that like been when he's come in with all of that buzzing around in the uh, ballpark? Oh, it's so cool. It feels like you're, it doesn't even feel like a ball game anymore. It feels like a concert almost. Yeah. It's just amazing to have those lights going and that music going on. And it's, it's just like everybody gets amped for it. And I mean, like there is a certain comfort in Romano coming in. I I think like, I just get nervous because he's on my fantasy team and my fantasy (laughs) team has been absolutely atrocious <laughs> this past week. Uh, I batted confessions. 198, but I have him and Liam Hendricks, so I managed to get 10 saves over the course of the okay. week. It was fantastic. But <laughs> I, I was just like, I'm so nervous because like I said, how long can this streak realistically go? So I was really nervous yesterday because I felt like when it does, if, if it does end, <laughs> that it would be in like a one run game like yesterday's was, and he accidentally gives up a game tying home run. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. Not, not that he's going to get hit hard and all of a sudden we've got four hits in a row and now the opposing team has scored three runs and we're down or whatever, but that it would be something really stupidly annoying where you're like, Oh man, one mistake. Yeah. So I think that's why yesterday I was feeling those nerves because we only had that one run lead that I was like, yeah. The question question will come up as well. What happens if we have two or three save games in a row? So don't think he's, I don't know that he's had to save two consecutive days yet. I'm not sure. But uh, two in a row, we haven't had a third yet. No. So who who else would do that or whether that impacts on him would be interesting to see as well. So we'll just have to beat people by more, more often. Yeah. Yeah, interestingly, the problem, is, God, the problem is when we get to summer, we're not going to have these cool lights for them because the sun's going to be shining in. <laughs> Keep the roof closed all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah oh, we... They'll still have it, man. Seven o'clock games by the time you get yes. to the ninth inning, it'll be dark out. Yes, that's very Hopefully. true. 
Yeah, it's very interesting with the win losses. We we won the first two, didn't we? And then it's alternated loss win, loss win, loss win all the way through. So yeah, so he hasn't had any um, save opportunities, you know, beyond those two original ones back to back to back. Okay, um, I just wanted to just I know time's just about up. Just have a little reflection on the week coming up in terms of where we think. Well, actually, over the next sixteen games, we we are. We've got a heavy schedule now uh, with some top teams. And I just wanted out of those 16 games, so I did write them down. Let me just uh, remind myself. I've got so many pages of notes. Uh, yeah, so we got three against Boston uh, at, at Fenway, three down at Houston, and then back home, we got four then against Boston, three against Houston, and three against the Yankees. So 16 games. What would you be looking for in terms of wins, losses out of those 16? Let's just go, Hannah, where would you? I knew you were going to go to me first. Oh, that's right. Well, we can go elsewhere. <laughs> um, oh, it's a tough one because we're away for the like Boston. Um, I think we're going to, um, I don't know. Mm. This is tough. I think we're going to do better in Toronto against Boston. Okay. Then at Bo- then in Boston. Yeah. Purely for the vaccination rule, which you know, whatever you want, but <laughs> it I've is heard what it is. Players can't go. Let's say if we can if we can get eight wins out of the sixteen, I'd be happy with yeah, that. Yeah. So split the series across. Yeah. And if it's a bit, if we win more, then I'm you know. You'd be happy, girl. Expectations exactly. Yeah. Uh, Dave, what, what do you think? I'm going to say, if we can split with Houston. And win the other two, the other against the other two teams. So obviously, there's two series against Boston. If we can go four mm. and three against Boston, split with Houston, and then I don't know, two and one, or even sweep the Yankees if they've got players missing. Let's sweep them. Very good, nice and positive. Yeah, Daniel, what, what, where would you be? Yeah, it's you know some tough teams and the Yankees, isn't it? So I would say <laughs> we'll ten and six. Ten and six. Oh, liking um, two, two that. Two of them are at home, aren't they? I'm not saying we'll win all uh, home games, lose all the way, but yeah, ten, ten at home. Yep. I'll go with it. I'll go to ten six, please. Yeah, we're probably not going to see Elizabeth for a while. Um, Elizabeth, where, where where would you where would your hopes be landing? Yeah, I would say ten and six as well. I think they're going to actually do well in Boston. Boston has at least one player out with COVID right now, and there might be more coming. But like we always seem to hit fairly well at Fenway. We always seem to score a lot of runs. So I think that we'll do well there. And then, yeah, the Yankees off to the start that the Yankees are off to and add into that the fact that some of their key players might not be in Toronto at all when they play them. I'm going to go uh, 10 and 6. Sounds good to me. Very good. So positivity pretty much all round. Hannah's just hedging her bets, but... Uh... Everybody, we, we, we might nudge you up to a 9-7, possibly. Yeah, okay, 9-7. You'll be happy you never with know. that. Yeah, yeah. You never know. But it's going to be it is going to be a tough run, and I think, I'm, I'm just hoping that in terms of, you know, obviously as the season goes on, the momentum just kicks in. And look, we're top of the divisions as it stands at the moment, so we've got to be pretty happy with that. Uh, let's, let's see what happens over the next week. Uh, obviously, this is 16 games, so we'll sort of dive into it sort of just over uh, halfway. Uh, next Monday and just see how how they land. 
guys, thank you so much f for joining me. What we'll do is just we'll uh, just go round the room, as it were. Uh, any sort of closing thoughts, hopes, disappointments, whatever it is. What's your week's looking like? That sort of stuff. Uh, Dave, over to you. Do you want to just take us off? Yeah. Can I just uh, say well done to the Orioles? Terrific series they had there. Always been a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, that's it. That's it. Um, nothing else. Let's just have another good week. Yep, brilliant. Daniel? I'm worried I've got this wrong, so I'm just checking. But on the Red, White and Blue Jays podcast you did, Steve, when I was interviewed, and who's your favourite player, not Blue Jays? Mine yep. was Albert Pujols because of you know what he'd had and what he meant to Espinal and, and everything else. And I was worried that him going back to the Cardinals would be to sort of romantic, but nothing else. But I think he got another home run for them during the week oh, did that he? Made yeah, I so i just wanted to say well done to him because you know he's a he's a great player and to go back and to not just be there for the romance of it and to actually you know have an impact is brilliant so that's very patronizing as well i know <laughs> but i was really pleased to see that that he got that very good and uh, elizabeth final thought is just go zach collins go <laughs> and get him on your fantasy team well no not that much <laughs> oh you're giving it all and then the reality kicks in actually i don't like him as much as i thought <laughs> brilliant guys thank you so much uh thanks for those who've tuned in as well to us live tonight uh in your questions and bits and pieces uh and if you are watching this at a slightly later date and i know quite a few people are which is nice to know so thank you for doing that um please join us if you can 10 o'clock on uh, Monday evening here in the UK, 5 o'clock over in Canada on the East Coast. Uh, but for now, we'll say goodnight and we'll see you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. The Red, White and Blue Jays podcast is a production of Blue Jays Fans UK. If you've got a Blue Jays story to share, let us know. Email us at bluejaysfansuk at gmail.com and follow along on Twitter and Instagram at Blue Jays Fans UK. I'm your announcer, Jim Langton. Thanks for listening. <laughs>